Welcome to the Association Hub podcast, a bite-sized series of weekly inspiration designed to keep curious association professionals inspired. Our topics will cover everything from membership growth to online communities, technology and sponsorship and beyond that. Welcome once again to the Association Hub podcast. I'm Angela Shelton and today is my co-host Alina Lima. Hello Alina. Hey Angela, it's great to be back. We've been talking about AI, personalization, and technology, and today's topic, why you need to innovate and innovate and then innovate again, feels like breath of fresh air. <laughs> That's also a lot of innovating. <laughs> but look, they're not just buzzwords, and we know that. Like Our environment is changing so fast right now, and the ability for associations to innovate and innovate again is more critical than ever. It's about embracing new ideas, technologies, strategies, and making sure you're staying relevant and effectively serving your members all at the same time. You're so right, Angela. Innovation is the key to adaptability and growth, and especially in our changing world. It's about predicting challenges and tuning them into opportunities. For associations, it can mean the difference between thriving and merely surviving. Oh, so true, Alina. And speaking of innovation, it reminds me of the age-old debate. Is innovation driven by technology or by the needs of the members? What's your thoughts? Look, it's an interesting question. And, you know, as a digital transformation consultant, I still believe it's both. Technology can present new opportunities and pathways. It's basically the tool, but it's the need of the members that should always be at the heart of any innovation. I always say that technology is a spoon, but you really need to have a great dish in order to to have the the great celebration. So technology is, is a tool. Innovation doesn't start with technology in my view. Yeah, so very true. But on that, I'm thinking of my favorite dish right now. So (laughs) I got a little distracted. (laughs) But look, for our listeners today, we've got someone really interesting coming on the show who really embodies the spirit of innovation in associations. I'm absolutely thrilled to bring a conversation with John Miles, CEO of New Zealand Marketing Association. I've always admired John's forward thinking and innovative approach in any business he touches. So I'm very excited to have him as a guest. Well, look, whether you're part of an association or just passionate about staying at the forefront of change, you'll be very excited to tune into today's conversation. So without further ado, let's delve deep into the world of innovation with John Miles. Hello, John, and welcome to the Association Hub podcast. Ah, thank you, Alina. Lovely to be here all the way from sunny New Zealand, but not quite as sunny as Sydney, a bit more realistic temperature here. (laughs) That's that's great, yes, because we're melting here in Sydney in the first day of spring. Look, when we were planning an episode dedicated to innovations, I knew exactly who I wanted to reach out to, and I really appreciate your time and to being with us today. As a marketer myself, I've obviously followed a number of marketing associations globally, and I must say the New Zealand Marketing Association really stands out among others. So to kick things off, could you take us back to your four years as CEO of MI and tell us out of all projects uh, you've implemented in this time, which one would you consider the most innovative? Okay, probably just to give a little bit of context, you know, before sort of saying that. I mean, when I came in four years ago, we had low customer advocacy. We only had 36%. 
advocacy. We had qualifications that were maybe a little bit out of date and needed retiring. So, and and also just from a team point of view, we really needed to revitalise and revitalise the whole New Zealand marketing sort of image and things. And I think as as I've said to you, I mean, one of my philosophies is innovate, innovate, then we should innovate again. Because especially with marketing, I mean, marketers like shiny new toys. Yes, we'll do. (laughs) So therefore, it's really up to us from a content point of view to actually have things that are actually going to interest and are contemporary in terms of what people are looking for. And I have a little thing called Operation No-Brainer. And what that actually means is that when it comes around to uh, re-signing the membership, it's a no-brainer for them to uh, sign up again. So in order to do that, we have had to do a lot of innovation and a lot of things which I'm really proud of. But I think our, our biggest innovation was probably overhauling of our education offerings. And what we did was that we went through and did something that no one else has ever done before, which is always even cooler. We created a thing called professional certifications. And I was really aware that I didn't want people to feel that we were giving them away like out of Weetbix packs and that people actually had to work for them, you know, so it was a true certification. So to do this and to give it academic credibility, I thought we needed to partner with the university. And that's what we did. So what's quite different about our offering with a professional certification was that um, not only does the person get professionally certified, they also receive a postgraduate micro-credential from the University of Canterbury. So they have to do an assessment at the end of six workshops, which is assessed by the University of uh, Canterbury. It gives academic independence from us. And uh, it means that, A, the person's also had to really work for it, but it also means that they're giving back to their company because it has to be on a live project. So then from that, we've developed a whole heap more things <laughs> or, um, in the education from the way that we offer it. We not only now have one-day workshops, we now have what we call live at lunchtime which is exactly the same as the the face-to-face workshops, except it's over four weeks at an hour and a half. Because people said, oh, I've never got enough time for training. Okay, well, let's make it an hour and a half a week. If you haven't got time for that, you probably shouldn't be in that job. (laughs) But the other thing that uh, we did was to, for people, the other objection we got with online learning was, oh, you just don't get the live contact. Oh, that's simple, we'll make it live. So it, hence it became live at lunchtime and we've done really well with that and it's boosted. And it also means that we can take it to the whole of New Zealand, whereas before we were only doing workshops, Auckland, Wellington and Christchurch. With the live at lunchtime, we're going to all of New Zealand. You can cover any, any area, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing I was really proud of was the first person to do the full certification was a farmer out of Gore, which is at the bottom of the South Island. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, she was the first professionally certified marketer that we had, so Look, which is really cool. It's very fantastic. We just had a conversation with Angela now, another episode about the importance of micro-learning and, you know, this lifetime learning journey that we have now and partnering with the university is a very great move. 
But look, I'm being a marketer, so back to the bright and shiny things. Yeah. I love your branding. I told you well, so many you. times. I love your branding. It's so bright and I love the colors and everything. But your association have a very fascinating slogan. Our purpose is to help marketers be brilliant. And it's just brilliant, nothing to add. Yeah. It's not only catchy, but it's also very untraditional for the association world. We all have, you know, long value-based statements, boring. Was it a challenge to get everyone on board with this bold statement? No, because that's what we do. I mean, if you cut through all the crap that you have, that why do we exist? We exist to help marketers go through and be better in their jobs. So we did a um, 20-30 strategy with our board and it was a very good process. And through that, we, we ended up with five pillars and we ended up with a stated, you know, long purpose, you know, we're going to do this from add value to New Zealand, et cetera, which is what you'd sort of expect. And then, you know, our aspiration was about bringing the best NAS and know-how to New Zealand, which were both really fabulous things. But out of that, I just turned around and said, well, actually, what we're saying with this whole one pager is we're just helping marketers be brilliant. And I went, oh, shit, that's a great campaign line. And it's stuck ever since. So in terms of the board, I mean, what we've got reflect what we decided within the board. I mean, and because we have a board of marketers, great marketing and branding is all about simplicity. So therefore, they were right on board with it um, right from the go because it's, you know, one of the things that I was asked when I started was, oh, what do you guys do, you know, what, what do you do? Oh, why should I join, you know, what value do you give me? And so, and it also helps in terms of designing our programs every year because we go back and say, hey, is that actually helping marketers be brilliant? What are the things? How do we bring the best nice and know-how here? So we have a lot of programs which are designed around that, particularly around that best nice and know-how. We started a series during COVID called Marketing Disruptive. You know, and again, the brand came up and went, oh, shit, we're disrupted again. Oh, let's call this program Marketing Disruptive. And that stuck. And we bring in thought leaders from around the world to talk to New Zealand marketers for an hour or give a case study, whatever it may be. And we've had people from US, we've had London, we, you know, we get quite a few from Australia. And again, that's all part of the value add going back into our members. Yeah, that's fantastic. And so simple, but at the same time, with everything is simple, it's actually complicated. So It's much harder to make things simple than it is to make it complicated. That's why so many of associations, in my opinion, go for the boring as batshit option. Because it's easier. <laughs> well, it is easier. Really honing in on why you were there, it's far more difficult. Yeah, definitely. Look, innovations can span in different areas. We've already talked about innovations in education, you know, from technology, branding, governance. And uh, with the uh, rapidly changing landscape, many associations are focused on an innovative way of maintaining and generating the new revenues. How has the May embraced this challenge? Are there any unique, interesting revenue generating strategies you will work? Well, I think, you know, as marketers, it's a bad insight. And if we can't do this, and be at the forefront as the marketing association, then we shouldn't be here. And it's about understanding you, who your market is. And for, you know, the one big thing I'd say to other associations is 
understand your members. And obviously with the work you do and the data and thing, that, that helps incredibly. But really get down to the nitty gritty and say, what are the things which are important to my key members? Now, one of the things that I recognize in this as an example of this was as CMOs, if, you know, you get the dreaded bean counters coming in. The first thing they ever want to do when they're cutting budget is cut training. So I thought, well, we have to find a way to get around that from them cutting the budget. So what I did was I said, I'd go into uh, some of the CMOs, go into CMOs and I'd say, well, how much do you want to spend on um, upskilling your team? And they might say $20,000 is our budget or 30, so whatever it may be. So I said, well, why don't you pay that money to me in one lump sum and I'll protect your budget for you. But what we'll do is that we'll, we will give you a whole load of added value as part of that. So for argument's sake, if you want to do an in-house workshop, we'll drastically reduce the cost of that to you. Hey, if you're wanting to put people on workshops, hey, we'll drastically reduce that to you. Another pain in the butt for CMOs, if they want someone to go to a conference, they usually have to go to their, their HR and say, well, can we have permission to send such and such? Hey, if the money's with us, they just take it, take it off. So this gave rise to my, my most sophisticated brand that I've developed here at the uh, MA, and I call it the bar tab. And so everyone, um, and the bar tab has become quite well known amongst senior CMOs. I mean, I get people from the biggest banks calling me up saying, John, I want to increase my bar tab. <laughs> so, you know, I'd like a new bar tab. So it creates a bit of humor in it. It creates memorability. But what we've actually done is actually identify pain points for those uh, CMOs and then go through and actually address it. But at the same time, have a little bit of fun with it because we're marketers. We like things to have good humor. Yeah, it's brilliant because it's not only, you know, helps you to generate new revenue, get a new approach, but it's also saves time for everyone, not only for you, but for them not to go and get approval every time they, they need training. They know that they have this budget and it just, it's it's a win-win. And it's very good for our cash reserves because we've got guaranteed income. Yes, definitely. So with the ever-evolving nature of marketing, how do you ensure that MI remains at forefront in terms of offering relevant resources and learning opportunities? Because marketing changes so much. You know, you every six months, it's something new. And I just thought the other day that everything that I learned about marketing in the university is just so not relevant. And I've only been in the profession for not, not even 20 years. So how do you make sure that you are keeping up with these innovations? Mm. The first thing is, is that, again, as marketers, we're right into the research. And so we run, gosh, I couldn't even tell you how many events and workshops we run, but it's a, it's a lot. I think the technical term's shitload. And for every single event that we run, whether it's a free event here, um, we do monthly marketing meetups, we do, gosh, we run something like, I think it's, 15 to 20 workshops a month. Every single one, we do post-event or post-workshop research. And within there, we get them to rate the content. We get them to say what's good, what's not so good. And then, hey, is there anything else that you would like change? Hey, are there things that we're not offering that you would like to offer? One of the things that uh, makes a huge difference for us is I have a dedicated person to content. And Lorna's fabulous. 
and especially for our events and things, because for our events, we have to be at the forefront. Yeah. And to especially digital day eight, as you'd, yeah. as you'd uh, yeah. understand. But we also have a thing called um, SIGs, okay? These are special interest groups. Yeah. So we have a digital SIG, we have a data SIG, we have a for purpose SIG. And we go to those SIGs, we have meetings with them, again, to get feedback on what's good. And these are all volunteers. And when they told me they were called SIGs and I saw what they were doing for us. I actually said, well, SIG actually stands for our secret ingredient group because, <laughs> because we have all these wonderful volunteers who uh, do things for us, you know, because they're passionate about marketing. And I think that's one of the lucky things we've got in our, um, my particular association is that we do deal a lot with passionate people. And I've always been called a natural born enthusiast as well. So that sort of helps, you know, and I mean, and that led us to, in our member research last year, we scored 79% of members said we uh, were passionate. And TRA, who's one of our partners and the biggest, best uh, insight company in New Zealand, told me that apparently we're the most passionate organisation in New Zealand. No company had ever scored that high. So being... I'm also fairly competitive. I said, well, hey, hey, for our way second, you know, are they close? And they just said daylight. No one's ever scored like this. So I think a large part of that is having, if you're passionate and enthusiastic about things and enthusiastic about what people are doing, they're a lot more open with feedback. And they know that we just want to do a good job, so they're happy to give feedback. I mean, you still always get the odd soothsayer who complains or whatever, but on the whole, I would say 99%. People are open. You know, if I ask them to be on an advisory group, they'll be on an advisory group for me. If we are, I tap them on the shoulder to be part of an education program on a panel, on a Think Again lunchtime program. They're really willing because they know we're just trying to do the best job that we can. And they know that we're that our integrity is beyond reproach in terms of what we're trying to do. And and I think they also know that we're a not for profit, but I've always called us internally a not for loss organization. Because if we don't make a small surplus, we can't invest invest yes, back yes, in. And invest back in into that forefront of um technology and to bringing new things like our advanced marketing leadership program this year. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, I agree with you that, you know, talking to your members and getting this two-way communication is the best way to know what's, what's happening and to, and to be in the front. And I think it's, re- it's especially important for the CEOs out there. If they're ivory tower CEOs, they should find another job. It's the job of the CEO to be out there talking to members because members want to know that you are interested in what you're doing and that their membership money is being put to good use. Yes. And, you know, as being a passionate organization, CEO has to be passionate too about, you know, the community oh, yeah. and the topic. I mean, it's, I mean, you know, I'm chief flag waver, so I have to, uh, but, you know, I enjoy doing it. It's something, which something, I mean, I'm passionate. I always tell marketers, we've got the best job in the world. Yeah. In one of the uh, panels I had, a very prominent uh, person, CMO, probably one of the most important CMOs, told the group that 
as marketers, one of our jobs was to sprinkle happy dust around the rest of the organisation because their jobs are such rubbish compared to marketers. And so this is... It does, this is, it does feel a bit like this. Yeah. So, but this is, you know, I think if you're invested in, in a membership organisation, you have to be totally boots and all passionate about what your membership organisation is doing. And if you're doing that, then you'll be able to innovate. John, my last yeah. question. If talking to other association professionals, what would be your yeah. advice and your tip in terms of embracing innovation and staying ahead and not being scared to be bold and great and just get out there? Well, I think firstly, I mean, you have to have an insatiable curiosity and, you know, of just questioning things and finding out what's important to your members what are the areas that they need help with what should they be to, you know what are the things if and the question i always ask is if you did the best job ever what would it look like and i think if you do that and you talk with members then you can start being ahead of the curve and what i just mentioned before about being passionate about what your association is doing as the professional body of the organization, you really have to be right out there of being, of saying and being passionate about what you do as an organization. And if you do that, you will get the feedback and you'll be able to innovate. And don't be scared to get stuff wrong. I mean, we've done that many innovations, as you know, because you've been watching us over the years, but we've had ones that don't go right, you know, so... Yeah, but they, you learn from that and you move to the next one. Yes, definitely. We were planning to talk about innovations, but we talk about passion, two-way communication with members and so many great things. Mm. John, thank you so much. We really appreciate your time and being with us and all your insights. My pleasure. And to our listeners, please do yourself a favor and go to the marketing.org.nz and look at everything that marketing associations do. They are amazing. Thank you. And if uh, anyone wants to contact me, john at marketing.org.nz, we're happy to share what we've learned and it might help someone. And I will definitely put the website link and the email into the episode notes. Thank you so much okay. for everyone. Thanks, John. Okay, cheers. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to subscribe. And if you'd like to join the conversation, reach out to us at associationhubpodcast.com. You can also find out more at answers.net.au and memberboat.com.au. Until next time, stay curious.